This is Psalms to God, Season 3, Episode 15, Feminism and Religion, Part 1. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originated from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman, and all things originate from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, NASB. questioning my sanity at tackling this, but we're going to go with it and see what happens. Uh, just for your FYI, this is going to be a three-part series because I feel like it's way too much information to fit into one video. And you guys know I am prone to talk a lot and I don't want to be here forever. And I know you guys don't want to be here forever. So we're going to break it up and try to get shorter videos for you guys. So this first video is going to be on defining feminism. Then I want to talk about how women are portrayed and treated in various cultures and religions around the world. And then in the third video, I want to talk about what is like what is actually written in the Bible. I've noticed a lot of people have misconceptions and there are a lot of things that people think are in the Bible or aren't in the Bible because of how people who claim to believe in the Bible behave and present themselves and what they put out. Um, so I want to do some kind of clarity and sanity checking about what the Bible actually says about gender and gender roles and things like that and feminism. So we're going to break it up into those three different parts. So let's start off with defining feminism. Now the reason I want to start the series with that is because people have very, very different definitions of feminism. I have talked to people and some people will be like, no, like feminism is wrong. Feminism is what's wrong with the world. I don't like feminists, blah, blah, blah. And then there is this stigma of angry feminists. There are, you know, the man, they hate men and like all of these things. And so you start to see this idea brewing about these evil women who hate men and just want to get rid of all things male. Um, and then you have other people who are like, yeah, I'm a feminist and I, I love men and you know, like, and they're, what they're saying feminism is, is completely different than what these people are saying it is. And so it's a mess because we're using the same word and we're meaning very different things. And this is what causes a lot of trouble in our world, period. Not just for, not just the word feminism, but for a lot of words, we're saying the same words, but we don't mean the same things. So before we can dive into this topic, we have to get on the same page about what feminism is. So I did some digging and I started researching the history of feminism. 
Guys, I am not an expert on feminism and I am pretty sure just by trying to read some of these articles that people have done PhDs on feminism. That is not what I have my PhD in. So if I say something that sounds a little off, feel free to comment in the comment section, leave me a message and I will correct it in the next episode um, and you know I'll do some more digging. I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. I will link sources in the show notes and in the description as always. Um, but from what I can understand, feminism in the modern world, particularly in the western world, came in three waves. Um, some people will think there's a fourth wave. It is debated if the fourth wave actually exists. I'm sure in a couple of years they will be like, yeah, that was the fourth wave. Things like that usually come in hindsight. So, But for right now, we're going to say there are three waves. The first wave was around the women's suffrage movement. This was back when women didn't have the right to vote. Women didn't have the right to have a job. We did, could not own property. We were basically property ourselves. Um, and doubly so for someone like me who is black. So in that time period, women had zero rights. You, I mean, you were beholding to your father until you got married and then you were beholding to your husbands. Husbands were allowed to beat their wives if they so chose. There was no law against that. There was no protection for women. Um, the things that we call domestic violence today are things that those women would have been fighting for, fighting for that to be a, you know, an illegal thing in our society. Um, similarly, women couldn't own property. You, I mean, like if you left your husband, you, I mean, you didn't really have the right to do that. But if you did do that, like you would have just been homeless because you couldn't own property. And if you didn't have a husband, then how were you going to own property? Right? Like things like that, you couldn't have a job, you know? Um, and so as we move, you know, forward in time, you know, you have, women who come up and fight against these types of things and they start earning women the right to vote, they start making progress with, you know, women being able to work and things like that. And of course, as we got into um, the 1900s with the wars, World War I and World War II, there became more need for women in the workforce. You start taking a lot of the men and shipping them overseas to fight and who's keeping, who's holding down the fort, right? So. This is when women really start to get a taste at being outside of the home and being allowed to work. Now women still were being paid significantly less. There was still a lot of red tape around what women were allowed to do or not allowed to do. Um, one of the things that sticks out in my mind um, about that time period, if you watch for instance Hidden Figures, one of my favorite movies, um, there is a scene where um, one of the ladies is talking about becoming an engineer. One of the men is trying to convince her to become an engineer. And he asks her, he basically asks her if she was a man, what would she do? And she was like, if I was a man, I'd already be an engineer. And it's basically at that time, women were computers. All they did was compute the information. They weren't allowed to be engineers. And it's interesting though because I did read somewhere, I'm gonna have to look for the statistic to link it back into you know the sources and everything, but I distinctly remember having this conversation um, at a conference somewhere where the statistics for women in engineering and in the sciences was actually higher 
back in like the 60s and stuff than it is now, which is very interesting to me, but I don't want to go off on tangents. Nonetheless, this continue like there was a continual thing for getting more rights, being able to do more things. This is when you start seeing not only should I be allowed to do something other than be a housewife, but I should have the same opportunities as everyone else. Now, before we keep moving in history and in time, I want to stop to point out something because I've noticed um, in conversations that I've had that sometimes things that I think are obvious are not obvious to the person I'm talking to. I, I had an experience where um, I was on a date with a guy and he looked at me and he was like, when I was a kid, my father bossed me around. And, and now that I'm an adult, I have a boss and my boss bosses me around. So when I go home, I just want to be the boss. And you know, and I looked at him and I'm like, you know, your wife, whoever ends up being your wife, she had parents that bossed her around and she's going to have to work and she's going to have a boss that's going to boss her around at work. When she goes home, she don't want to be bossed around either. Like, why does anybody have to boss anyone around at home? And, like, the look on his face told me he had never considered the fact that a woman would feel exactly the same way. Like, he had this idea in his head that he wanted to go home and be the boss and that somebody had to be the boss. But it never occurred to him that him being the boss when he got home meant that she would have a third boss on top of her parents and her work boss and now she's being bossed around at home too and it, it was like it was almost like he thought i don't know if he thought women liked being bossed around because there are some some people who just think women are wired so drastically different in the brain that we just like certain things that we don't necessarily like um but I don't know, it was just like very strange to me that, that it didn't make sense to him. So I want to point out something about this whole working thing. Um, for men growing up, you know, pre-women's rights movements, when they were given the opportunity to work, it wasn't just you're going to grow up and have a job, right? Because it, it, when we talk about it, it sounds like men work women stay at home. And that sounds very black and white. But when you talk about staying at home, that entails raising kids, cleaning the house, cooking meals. That's really all it entails. There is no alternative for staying at home. I mean, like maybe if you are like rich, like the rich women would have like maybe like bridge club or something like that. And they would throw, you know, like these um, galas and things to raise money but it's not like there's a different type of housewife like you can be this type of housewife or that type of housewife like really like you're just a housewife like your duties are going to be the same for the men who are going to go to work you got to actually choose an occupation so like the man could be a carpenter or he could be a police officer or he could be a firefighter or he could be a doctor or a lawyer or a vet or a, a speaker or a preacher like there are actually different things that he could do so as a little boy he could say I like to build things so I want to be a carpenter 
and then he could grow up and, and, and apprentice or go to school and become a carpenter. Women did not have the opportunity to be like, well, I like this, so I want to go do this, right? Like that wasn't really a thing. They were just going to be at home. Now, maybe they would be able to do a little side something, something like I'm going to be a hairdresser or something like that. And of course, as we get further into the women's rights movements, those are probably a lot more of the jobs women would have. So you would see women as teachers, women as hairstylists, women as seamstresses, the, the nurses, you know, the things that we think of today as being female dominated, essentially, those were the things that women ended up to not be biased. Obviously, I am a woman. But I also would imagine that a lot of the jobs that were considered women's jobs, like being a nurse, being a teacher, um, being a seamstress, things like that, men probably didn't have the opportunity to do those things either. So if I mean, even looking at today's society, there are certain things that people look sideways at men if they decide that's what they want to do. So I'm pretty sure if in the 1950s, a man was like, yeah, I want to be a hairstylist or yeah, I want to be a seamstress. You know, people probably did look at them away the same way they looked at women away if they said they wanted to be a doctor. So again, there's still this idea that this is a woman's path and this is a man's path. And Feminism was trying to bring this together. Like, we can both walk down the same path. So, also, as you start getting closer into modern, into the modern era, you end up with the sexual revolution. And I think this is also where a lot of the uh, confusion starts to come in with what people think feminism is versus what it actually is versus you know, a lot of other things, right? So this is the era where you start getting into double standards and the liberation of female sexuality and the body and all of these things. And, you know, now you're starting to get into the era of like Madonna, right? And being, you know, able to wear whatever you want to or express yourself however you want to express yourself. And of course, this is where I think you really, really start to get pushback probably from different religions because, you know, this starts to go against modesty teaching, which is heavily skewed towards telling females what to wear as opposed to telling men what to wear or how to control themselves. So you start getting, this is, I think, I, at least I like to hope that this is where people start getting a little confused, not the whole we should have rights, we shouldn't be beaten, we, you know, men should not be allowed to be able to beat their wives. Hopefully early, like the, the fundamental early teachings in feminism, hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Hopefully we're all on the same page there. But as you get into like the 80s, the 90s, this is when you start to see a lot of the sexual revolution stuff, which continues on into today. Um, you know, then you start getting into things like sexual harassment, the Me Too movement, which is where people start thinking that there may be a fourth wave of feminism. And I realize I've condensed a lot of information. There is a lot more to this. Like I said, there are whole textbooks on feminism, but we don't have all day to talk about it. Now, I do want to touch on 
um, this concept briefly of, of sexual revolution and modesty and uh, I guess immodesty. I don't even know if that means anything because modesty and immodesty are very opinionated terms. But I want to mention something that I, I witnessed a um, couple of years ago that was very interesting. So, and I will caveat this in saying that I'm not really sure, I don't know the people that I was witnessing this of well enough to say that it is, that well enough to make a sound judgment about it. I just want to paint a picture for people to think about. So I was in grad school, I was on campus late, and um, one of the professors showed up with his wife. I had never met his wife before, and so he was introducing me to his wife. We're in South Florida. It is like 90 degrees outside. It is hot, okay? It is burning up hot. We're standing outside the building, and he's introducing me to, this, to his wife. She is fully covered from head to toe. She has on long pants. She has on, you know, shoes that are covering her ankles. She has on long sleeves. She has on a hijab. Her, you know, her arms are fully covered. Everything is fully covered except for her hands and her face. And I'm not knocking that. I want you guys to know I am fully for modesty and I don't think there's anything wrong with covering up if, you know, there's... We're not going to get into that. We'll talk more about that when we get into the what different religions talk about when it comes to women and things like that. But this is not a, oh, she should have been, you know, more bare or she should have had on shorts or something like that. No, I don't think there was anything wrong with what she was wearing. It's just I want to I want to show you I want to paint the picture of the juxtaposition because he was in a short sleeve T-shirt and shorts. And he was standing there beside her and like, and as I said, like, I don't know them well. So it could be a case where he's Christian and she's Muslim. Um, it could be a case where she is a devout Muslim and he is just kind of like, eh. And he might not have cared what she had on and that was her personal choice to wear that. Or it could be that that was the expectation and that he thought it was perfectly fine for him to wear that but would have had a fit if she had worn something similar. And it was just interesting because I was like, wait, why is it always that women have to be perfectly covered but men can show their arms or they can show their legs? Like, and I see conversations where guys get into it and they're like, but men are visual creatures. And I'm like, women are visual creatures too. In fact, we have better vision than y'all do. That is a scientific fact. We can see great. We can see all the colors and we like seeing nice looking men too. Like... It's just such a bizarre thing and like seeing that juxtaposition I was just like huh, I guess this is why women fought for the liberation and the right to choose the right to be able to say I want to wear this or I want to wear that and you know when it comes to double standards I will say when you hear certain people speak about feminism there are people who believe things that I don't I definitely don't agree with there um, there are certain things that I'm like, yeah, nobody should do that, right? Like, when you start talking about the, you know, the sexual revolution, and you, some people will be like, yeah, women should be able to sleep with anybody and everybody whenever they want to. 
And I'm like, actually, I don't think anybody should be doing that, okay. right? So of course, that's gonna be more of my Christian perspective. Like, I don't think men should be out here sleeping around and I don't think women should be sleeping around. But I do think that the standard should be set for both people equally. If men can sleep, I mean, if, if women can't sleep around, men shouldn't be able to sleep around. Like, these are where I'm like, yeah, I do think that there should be a standard and it shouldn't be different for men versus women. So I'm saying all of that to kind of give you a history that there are various things that feminism touches on. The, di the dictionary definition of feminism is basically the equality of the genders. Now, again, it's interesting, right? Because when I hear equality of gender, um, I definitely agree that men and women have equal value. When it comes to equality, it's very hard when we're talking about human beings um, to say one equals another. I, I Again, like I said, I think everyone is equal in value, regardless of your race, your religion, your color, your your... Um, your hair texture, your gender, like all of these things, like you, everyone is equal in value. Like I, you, you all, everyone deserves the right to life, the right to space, the right to feel safe, things like that. But when we talk about like equality, like, like you guys are looking at me, unless you're listening on the, on the audio only podcast. But for those of you who are looking at me, I'm a fairly small person. Um, I, even if I go to the gym every day, I'm only going to be able to lift so much. Um, that's just facts, right? There are women who can lift way more than me. We are not equal in our ability to lift. There are men who are definitely going to be able to lift more than me. We are not equal in that. So there, there are things that I do think that, you know that this person may be better at and this person may be better at. I don't necessarily think gender is a end-all be-all for understanding that. I like to think of it as levels. So one of the examples that I would say is I'm pretty certain that if you went out, if you were able to actually do this, you can't do this, it's very difficult. Like from a scientific standpoint, it would be very difficult to actually do this. But if you could, identify the most athletic man in the world and the most athletic female in the world and compare them. Honestly, I do believe that the most athletic male in the world would be more athletic than the most athletic woman in the world just because of how the male body is created. But that doesn't mean that every every man is more athletic than every woman, if that makes sense, right? It doesn't mean that a woman should not be allowed to play basketball or that a woman should not be allowed to run track, right? Like the, that kind of a thing where I'm like, ah, when we use the word equal, I'm not, I think that's where people start getting a little like mixed up in the head about what we're talking about, right? Um, and then as you also branch off, like that's more talking about like abilities and things like that. But 
just in how we are created. We are different creatures. Um, I am a woman and one of the things that sucks about being a woman is every month your hormones go crazy and your body tries to kill you for not getting pregnant. I am one of those people that suffers from that. I mentioned this briefly in the video that I did last week and it sucks. Like I would literally pass out. I often, I mean, I've been at my new job for about five months and of those five months, I think maybe. Okay. Editing Sheree here realized apparently my camera cut off, sound didn't get recorded, whatever. What I was saying in the clip is that um, I've been at my new job for about five months and of those months, I think two or three of them, I've actually had to call in sick because I was incapable of working during that time of the month. I either couldn't stand up, I was dizzy, I had a migraine. Something was prohibiting me from actually being functional um, and that makes it very hard to function the way my job expects me to. And I personally, I would love to have more opportunities to take off for that. For instance, um, my previous job, sick leave and PTO were the same thing. So every time I had to take off for that reason, I had to use PTO. And that's something that is different for women that men don't necessarily have to deal with. And that's what I think I was trying to say in that little clip where I missed things. So back to other me. So, you know, every men don't have to worry about this, but that doesn't mean that they're not other things that men have to worry about. You may have some other sickness or you may have something else that you're dealing with. And similarly, not all women have debilitating cramps. Some women don't even notice that it's that time of the month. Some women don't get a time of the month. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not a one size fits all type of a thing, but I definitely understand this kind of hesitancy to say men and women are equal, that we should be treated exactly the same, right? Like there is definitely a difference in being a woman and a man, but what that difference is, is going to vary for each woman and each man. But at the end of the day, I think I had equal value and equal potential in my field and in general as the men who were showing up to learn the same thing. And so at the heart, when I say feminism, when I'm talking about feminism um, going forward, if I use the word feminism, that is what I'm going to be referring to. The fact that men and women have equal value. Um, so I wanted us to get on the same page there. Guys, I realized I left out a lot of stuff. I didn't really go into how race and intersectionality play into feminism. I encourage you to look that up within this week between when we go into the next episode because like I said, there's so much information, but I just, I didn't really wanna get too to the left and to the right of the topic because Again, I didn't want to make the video too long, but also I wanted to focus in on a definition so that we know what we're working towards. And a lot of that is kind of tangential and it's more about the history of feminism 
than it is about what we're going to talk about because like I said I just want to talk about men and women having equal value and where some of these ideas about gender roles and what's a woman's job and what's a man's job in society like where these ideas came from and what these different religions and cultures actually say about this. So next week we're going to tackle the different religions around the world and maybe some cultures depending on what information I can find and then like I said the week after that we're going to go into more about what the Bible actually says because people are very wrong about that. So um, stay tuned. I hope to see you again next week and bye!